The information provided in this show is intended for your general knowledge only and is not intended to be, nor is it, medical advice or a substitute for medical advice. If you have or suspect you have a specific medical condition or disease, please consult your health care provider. Now listening to the Health Hero Show with Tim James. <laughs> What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here, founder of ChemicalFreeBody.com and your host for the show that simplifies and demystifies how to live an energetic life with a flat belly. So if you're into a healthy gut and staying young, then this is the show for you. What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here. We're back with another exciting episode of the Health Hero Show. And today I've got a very interesting guest. She's actually another podcaster, Ashley James. She has been big into health for a long time. Her podcast is called Learn True Health. It's the Learn True Health podcast. And I was just, that's how we met. I actually got booked on her podcast to share my story. And I said, hey, let's get you on mine because um, anxiety is what we're going to be covering today in detail with Ashley because we want to help those of you out there dealing with anxiety and depression. And we know there's a lot of you because uh, depression medication is one of the number one selling uh, drugs in, in the United States, let alone the world, which is unfortunate. And today we're going to get deep into it. And at the end, stick around. We're going to give you some solid, a solid plan on how to kick anxiety's butt so you can be happy and healthy. Ashley, thanks for coming on with me today. I'm really excited to be here. This is going to be a lot of fun. Yes, yeah. I teach a technique for eliminating anxiety. Um, just two days ago, a client called me in a full panic attack. She had been in it for about a week. And for those of you who have never experienced a panic attack, you don't really know you're in a panic attack um, unless you've been told by someone else because you actually feel like you're dying. Your, your heart is beating irregularly. You're feeling dizzy. Your palms are sweating. You're feeling nauseous. You have a headache. You feel like you're going to faint you really, you start to worry that you're having a heart attack or there's something seriously wrong with you. And when it is a, a basically your body's uh, stress response is at its breaking point. And so uh, she called me and she said, you know, I've been meaning to call you. Uh, I can't kick this panic attack. Um, someone in her uh, uh, circle of friends had a, a family member pass away, uh, potentially from COVID and, um, and, that just sent her in an anxiety spiral. And so she called me. She said, I've been trying to kick this for the last week, but I'm, I'm in almost constant panic attack mode for the last week and in just in 10, 10 out of 10 anxiety. And I sat down with her. I did the technique that I'm going to teach you today. And in three minutes, I got her from 10 out of 10 panic mode to zero out of 10, completely out of anxiety and out of panic mode. And even though it does take the body a few hours to come down from the hormones of being in a state of stress that high, she was psychologically out of the, um, the emotions of it. And therefore she was able to then come down off of the, the stress hormones. Um, this is the kind of thing I've been doing, uh, since 2005. So <laughs> it's been, mm. it's been a while. Um, I've done it with thousands and thousands of people, and I've had clients come back to me and say that they've been able to successfully get off of anxiety medication. Of course, working with their doctor, I'm not a doctor, I can't tell someone to get off of a medication, but in teaching them the technique I'm going to teach you today, people have been able to get off of anxiety meds because they've been able to get uh, control of their life and of their anxiety. So it's it's a very powerful technique. It is simple enough that I can teach it in in just in one podcast. And there are, of course, more techniques that I also teach. Um, this is the, the foundation technique. If you just learn this technique, 
and you do it anytime you have anxiety, you will rewire your brain so that you don't um, trigger anxiety uh, uncontrollably. So it'll be, it, it'll, it's a very powerful technique. I'm really excited to teach it today. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I'm going to be like taking notes and writing, writing this <laughs> shit down because, you know, I come across these people in our coaching program quite often, quite often. Mm -hmm. And I've had multiple people like this. One guy was a private client. He was, he got in a car accident. He was a young fit guy, played soccer a lot, um, was a salesperson and, uh, you know, doing a good, doing good. And um, all of a sudden he was at the negotiation table with the client and couldn't talk. Just mm -hmm. uh, that was it. And he had to write a note. He's like, I'm sorry, I have to go. He went over and wrote a note to his boss. He's like, I have to leave. I, I, I can't talk. Go close the deal. And he left. Yeah. And, and I can um, explain what happened to him physiologically. Yeah. So we, um, I definitely have had a lot of experience with this and we, we've taken the approach where, you know, I've taught people breath techniques and then we help them heal from the gut inside out and start valuing mm -hmm. self. So anyway, I'm really excited to learn this technique from you when we get to that later, because, um, I want to implement it in my, uh, with, in my coaching program and, and help people. So you're going to help a lot of people through me, Ashley, I can guarantee you that much. And our nice. coaches will also share it over here at chemical free body. So that's really cool. But before we get into the anxiety stuff, I would like to have people know kind of who's Ashley and how did you get into the health stuff? And, you know, why don't you just go back in the childhood and start there? Cause yeah. I know it, it started for you when you were basically six, right? Right. Well, when I was a child, I was really sickly. Uh, I woke up every day with sore throats. I felt really just off, but it was my norm. You know, when you're a kid, you, you think this is just life. Right. And my mom was also sick. She had candida from over being over prescribed antibiotics uh, mm. for what, what we now think it was just a viral infection. But you know, back then in the eighties, they would give out uh, antibiotics like candy. Of course, I don't think anything's changed in that. Regard. I don't think they've stopped. <laughs> <laughs> so she had candida. So she had some gut issues and a lot of stress issues. She ran her own business. Both my parents ran their own companies. They had, they each had, they each started and ran their own companies separately. So every night the dinner table was like, um, a debriefing meeting. I'm an only mm. child. And so I'd sit there watching my parents go back and forth about, about business. And it was fascinating. I grew up in that environment. And I loved it. Uh, so I learned a lot from just absorbing that, that environment. But I was six years old and I'm sick all the time. I have sore throats all the time. I'm really thankful that my parents didn't um, have me have my tonsils removed. You know, I mean, nowadays they do that to children who have uh, constant ear, nose and throat infections. And um, what we now know in the naturopathic realm is that that is a allergy to dairy. And that's very common in children. If you remove dairy, uh, cow dairy, from uh, from children, most of them, their infections resolve. So I'm six years old. My mom takes me to see a naturopathic physician. We I grew up in Toronto, Canada. I live in the States now. And I actually remember it. I remember he looked in my eyes, ears, nose, took my blood, said, it, said I'm O blood type. And then he looked me in the eye and he said, and he kind of like just got down on my level. And he said, you're allergic to milk, yeast, wheat, and sugar, and you must stay away from them. Now, I knew that those were the ingredients in my favorite chocolate bar. This mm -mm. is a Canadian chocolate bar called <laughs> Coffee Crisps. Coffee Crisp. So if you're ever in Canada and you want to eat something junky, Coffee Crisp is my favorite chocolate bar when I was six years old. And I knew that all those, those things were in Coffee Crisp. I don't know how I knew that. I just knew that. And all of a sudden, I realized that I'm never going to have my favorite chocolate bar again. And I said, but when can I have a Coffee Crisp? And he turned to me and he said, once in a blue moon, 
which of course means very rarely, but I thought that we had a blue moon every month. So I got excited. <laughs> so we went home and my world turns upside down. I did not expect this. My mom just went through every cupboard and you know threw everything out, completely revamped our life. From that day on, I grew up on soy milk, not, I mean, and the nasty kind, not the cool, you know, plant-based milks they have now. I grew up on soy milk, uh, no wheat. Um, we ate whole foods. Uh, we did have uh, like chicken breast and eggs um, and no sugar, no yeast. So it was more, uh, more vegetables, more brown rice, more legumes and beans. Uh, and then we got on some supplements. Uh, he uh, did his own compounding of supplements, so vitamins and minerals. And almost overnight, within days of starting this, uh, I got my health back. I just woke up and I realized I had energy. I mean, a six-year-old is supposed to wake up full of energy, but I woke up full of energy first time in my life. I woke up without a sore throat. I woke up with any, without any uh, sickness. Um, and so for me, that I just took, my health took off. And from the age of between six and 13, I stuck to this way of eating and, and these supplements. And I had such great health that if I ever came in contact with a, a cold or flu, my body would get a nice 104 degree fever. I'd go to sleep that night and I wake up the next morning totally fine. Uh, I was never sick more than 24 hours, no matter what I came in contact with, and usually just 12 hours. And then uh, when I had uh, the German measles, it was like a cold. It was just, it came and went, it was very quick, and I, I hardly noticed it. So, so for me, health was bouncing very quickly back from anything. I, had an, I broke my ankle at one point in gym class, and it healed faster than the doctors expected. I just healed faster. Was and the uh, was the measles? Did you were you around other children that got the? Oh yeah, the yeah, German absolutely. Measles? Yeah. How, my, how did they fare? I, sorry. How how did they do with the recovery process? Was it harder on them? Oh, so my cousin and I had it together, and I just remember hanging out in bed with her watching a movie over and over and over again because we only had access to one movie <laughs> what was it <laughs> well okay so we actually so we had i owned one movie and this is you know the tape cassettes and it and then we rented a movie so the movie that i owned we watched over and over again was the super mario brothers movie and then the movie we rented was this really really old um i mean of course it's old because it's the 80s but this one of the first movies that jim carrey ever did where he was a vampire Oh my gosh, it was so bad, but it was so funny. So we just watched the two, those two movies over and over again. But we wanted to go, we wish we could go rent more movies. Um, but we stayed home and just quarantined ourselves. Yeah. Um, I don't really remember her having more of it than me, but I think at one point she went home. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't remember any complications. Um, I just, for me, remember in my body, it didn't, I didn't feel bad. You know, I just was like, yeah. okay, I'm just going to chill you know, I'm told I'm sick. I'm going to chill. I have a fever. Mm -hmm. So my body, how my body reacted uh, was just, it would get a big fever and blow it out. Mm -hmm. And and that was cool. It was like the body, very healthy immune response when you get a right. good fever and you blow it out. And there's no concern that it was too hot of a fever. So what I didn't know in, about my childhood was that I suffered from anxiety. And luckily my parents never took me to a specialist and I was never put on drugs. But looking back, I now understand that my, I had almost constant anxiety through my whole childhood. And uh, like I had problems writing tests, I'd freeze up like your client did. Um, I'd even get nauseous or throw up if I knew that I was gonna write a test. So I, I just, I had problems in school and I definitely attributed it to anxiety. Um, and it wasn't until 
around 2005, when I started studying neurolinguistic programming, I became a master practitioner and trainer in NLP that I, when I learned these techniques to help others, all of a sudden I no longer had anxiety and that was my norm my whole life. So yeah. it's kind of like taking water away from a fish and the fish going, Oh my gosh, this is what, this is what life is without the water. So, but it, but in my case, the, <laughs> the anxiety was not a good thing. Uh, so taking it away was amazing. And that's what got me really excited to help others uh, because some people have lived with low grade anxiety their whole life and they don't even know kind of like how I lived the first six years of my life, always sick. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden I had health and I'm like, Whoa, I, I didn't even know there's this new norm. There's this new level you can achieve. So no matter how healthy you are emotionally or how healthy you are mentally or physically, there's always the next level. Like no matter how good you feel right now, there's always this next level that you can get to. And that's the exciting part. You're always leveling up. So, so you so, were 13 and then what happened? Well, when I was 13, I decided to rebel because my mom was really strict with the diet and supplements. And so I stopped mm -hmm. taking the supplements. I started eating the Halloween candy. I started eating everything dairy I could get my hands on. It made me sick, but I don't know. I was, I was very rebellious and that's usually what teenagers do. And I gave myself illnesses. So I gave myself, that was the first time I was ever on antibiotics. I got so sick from eating all the sugar and all the dairy that I gave myself some infections. And I was on a, two rounds of antibiotics when I was 13. Um, and then kind of like it went downhill from there. Uh, I gave myself type, type two diabetes, uh, even though I thought I was eating healthy because I was eating like all my other friends. Like I just, I, I fooled myself into thinking, because I, I, I studied martial arts. And so I ate like all the other black belts and I'm, I just wanted to emulate them. They went to Subway and they got, you know, cheese on their Subway sandwich, but they got whole wheat bread, right? Genius. Whole wheat bread and we got extra cheese <laughs> and extra meat. And that's how all these black belts who are really, you know, strong and fit eat. So I'm going to eat like them. So I was doing, I was trying to copy them and reject my mom uh, as a way of exerting my, my, you know, just differentiating myself uh, from from my family, and that's something that is very common for teenagers to do, to try to find their own individuality. But unfortunately, it was at the expense of my health. So I developed type two diabetes. Um, by the time I was nineteen, I had full blown polycystic ovarian syndrome. I was told I'd never have kids by an endocrinologist um, that I was infertile. I had I later developed in my twenties uh, chronic infections, and um, also I developed a very, very strong case of um, adrenal fatigue. So I was exhausted all the time in my 20s. I was on almost constant antibiotics through my 20s because I had constant infections. Of course, I was doing it to myself with the diet. I know this now, but I had to, I guess I had to prove this to myself the hard way. So through my 20s, I suffered greatly. Um, I was a prisoner of my own body. And even though my body was frail, I was still very excited about learning things like neurolinguistic programming and learning these techniques for helping people. So I advanced my mental and emotional health while I was suffering physically. Um, when I was 28 years old, I started watching health documentaries and that was when Netflix started streaming them. And my husband and I decided to follow some of the advice and the advice was shop the primer of the grocery store and eat organic. Mm -hmm. We were still doing dairy, we were still doing meat. Um, but we stopped eating processed foods beyond that. And so stopped going down the aisles and we started eating organic. And I attribute, attribute the, my, my chronic infection stopping immediately to going organic that I saw that just cutting out the, the load from pesticides and of course processed foods, but the load from pesticides um, was harming my immune system. So going organic 
really made a difference. Trying to eat more whole foods made a difference. And then of course we cut out, we eventually cut out dairy, <laughs> another level achieved uh, of health. Um, we got on some really high quality supplements uh, like minerals and that really helped, especially the trace minerals for my energy. Um, the chronic adrenal fatigue began to melt away, got on some Chinese herbs, my polycystic ovarian syndrome and infertility uh, corrected itself. We, um, we conceived our son naturally at the first time we tried, like we just went, oh, okay time to try for a kid and mm. boom, it happened. And that's, mm. um, so I totally attribute that to all the holistic That's awesome. Working with uh, naturopathic physicians uh, that have mentored me these last nine years. And oops, I hit a button. It's okay, we'll bring you back. Um, yeah, so uh, then after our son was born, we discovered the whole food plant-based diet. Uh, just through doing the podcast, I launched the podcast shortly after our son was born and I kept interviewing these people. And of course, at the time I thought, you know, ketogenic is the healthiest way to eat or paleo is the healthiest way to eat because people kept talking about it. But then all of a sudden people started talking about whole food plant-based diet. And I had enough interviews and enough information. And I think what clicked in my head is when I found out you could get all the protein you need from plants. Because right. I still had that misconception from my mom and from my childhood that you had to eat eggs, you had to eat chicken, you had to eat fish. And when I heard that you could get 18 grams of protein in a serving of lentils, and I love lentils, I'm like, I'm sold. And then what surprised me is my husband, who primarily only ate meat his entire life. He, he you know, people say meat and potatoes, he was just meat. He would just eat slabs of meat and he, he wouldn't even have any vegetables or potatoes, right? He was just like a meat person. He would do ice cream on the weekends. He'd get a big family-sized tub. You know those kind of tubs that have a, a handle on it? The mm -hmm. big family-sized tubs? And I didn't even know those things existed. He'd buy that and he'd eat it the entire weekend. That's all he'd eat. Like this is The Bachelor. When I met him, this is the kind of stuff he did. So I helped him to transition to probably a healthier way of eating than eat, um than I was. Uh, so there was a, a bigger change for him and his digestion. Uh, but then we decided to eat more whole food plant-based. And he woke up one morning about three years ago and he just snapped. He went, I'm never eating meat again, never eating meat again. And that shocked me because I was easing into this. I'm like having a few meals that don't have meat in it, you know, yeah. just putting my toe in the water and my husband just dives in. He goes, never again, will I ever, ever eat anything that's come from an animal? And so he went vegan overnight. And that's why, why did he, why did he do that? It was just how he felt. So did he no, watch like no, a documentary or something, something that hit him. So he had heard enough information about like, you, you hear about that there's tumors in meat. You hear about that. There's, you know, one burger has like a hundred different cows. Like you hear all these things, you hear about the different DNA, they even find that there's trace amounts of human DNA in meat, which is kind of like, what happened? Did someone like fall into the machine? Like, or is the mob <laughs> trying to like get rid of someone? Like why? So um, he just heard enough of that. And then I did an interview with Robin Openshaw, who's Green Smoothie Girl. And she published a book called Vibe. And it was about um, these scientists who can hook you up to machines. It's really cool. I want to like buy one of these machines. And what it does is the machine detects your hertz, detects your, your energy frequency. And what they found is that by hooking up enough people to these machines to, to monitor their hertz or their energy uh, frequency, that they found that people who were very healthy, so let's say you, for example, let's say someone who's you know eating really healthy foods and exercising, mm -hmm. very healthy people consistently are about 120 hertz. People who are the standard American diet go to McDonald's, 
they're about between 60 and 80 hertz. Someone on their deathbed dying from cancer has 40 hertz. And she said, and I think this is what really pushed my husband over the edge. She said, and because we had actually eaten this for breakfast that morning, how many hertz is in pork? And I'm like, you know, 40? I don't know. She goes, six. When you eat the flesh of an animal, the dead, everything that's dead is going to lower your hertz. Because if you think about it, if you're putting a bunch of things in your body at six hertz and you want to be 120 hertz, like you're just lowering your hertz. Right. She goes, and then she lists off, and I don't remember the numbers, but you know, like broccoli's 300 or whatever. I mean, the, the plants, especially if they're living plants, are higher in hertz, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it just goes to, it just makes sense. If you eat foods that are alive, you eat foods that are, you know, that have high hertz, then you're increasing your frequency in your body. Yeah. You're increasing your cellular frequency, everything, yeah. because we are frequency. I mean, if you break it down to an atomic level with the atoms spinning and stuff like that. Yeah. In fact, the Institute where I started uh, Hippocrates Health Institute, their, their motto is like, it's not the food in your life. It's the life in your food. And they're talking about, electric yes. food and dr cb who i'm wearing this shirt today you know him he he talked about the electric food diet and eating foods that are electric and natural <laughs> and not gmo and not hybrid and not spliced and all this stuff yeah and yeah, i'm always so, telling telling clients about this about raising your hertz raising right. your frequency they don't know it but i'm like i'm trying to get you charged up literally charge you up frequency wise yes exactly and so yeah so robin Obershaw wrote a good book about that whole thing like what you're trying to do with your clients yeah and after he heard that that was the final straw and i did not expect it but he woke up one morning and said don't serve me meat don't buy meat don't bring meat into the house i'm not eating it and i was thinking to myself like it's the only thing you eat like what am i gonna make for you <laughs> so i started cooking a whole food plant-based diet and about five days in he turns to me with his bowl full of you know, curry, vegetables, and rice. And he says, if you had told me 12 years ago when I met you, if you had told me food tastes this good, I would have converted back then. He goes, this food tastes so good. I, I didn't know what I was missing. Yeah. So, so we've been whole food plant-based for about three years, maybe a bit longer. You know how time flies. Yeah. And um, it's so easy now, but I remember it being a struggle at the beginning and it's really when you get the mindset. So my husband, it was easier for him. Well, first of all, he doesn't do the cooking. It was easier for him because he just had that mental shift. So I think right. you need to have a mental shift about anything you want to achieve in your life. Like if you want to achieve anxiety free life, you know, if you decided today I'm done, I'm just done with anxiety. I'm going to do everything in my power to shift my body, my, my body's chemistry, my mental, emotional health and state. So anxiety is never a problem again. If you have that drive, then you're going to achieve that because you keep going down that path. Same with be, being super healthy and getting to the next level. You have to have mm -hmm. that mental shift first. I yeah. just interviewed a guy. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Well, I was going to say, we're going to have to take a quick break. So um, we'll get back, but people have to hit threshold. They have to hit threshold and say, that's it. That's enough. No more. And then finally, they're going to, they're going to make that change. And, and luckily for them, for those of you listening that might be dealing with anxiety or know somebody with anxiety, this is definitely an episode that you want to share. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back in just a moment. You know, this is Pat Militaire, former UFC champion and UFC Hall of Famer. My life is hectic. I did a show, finished at midnight in Minnesota, drove four hours north to Fargo, North Dakota this weekend. Three hours later, ran a marathon, taught a seminar that afternoon, 
Got up the next day, ran a little bit more to loosen my legs up, taught another seminar, and then drove home last night for eight and a half hours. Got back home at, at two something in the morning. This stuff is what's saving me right now, and it's keeping me going. So imagine what it can do for you, just a nine to fiver. To get this product and our other amazing products, go to chemicalfreebody.com. That's chemicalfreebody.com. Okay, Health Heroes, Tim James here. I'm back with Ashley James, founder of LearnTrueHealth.com and uh, the Learn True Health podcast. Um, we were, she was just wrapping up about like how, um, your, your whole history and how changing your diet got you healthy when you were young. And then you went back to the standard American diet and standard Canadian diet and got sick, <laughs> went back to health and then, um, drug your husband along a little bit. And then now he kind of, he kind of took off and started leading you a little bit. Yep. You guys are all healthy. You were able to conceive a child and that's really cool. And so now if we could switch gears, Ashley, I really want to get uh, and go deep for the folks that come on to learn about anxiety. So why don't you just dive into it and like what is anxiety how does all this stuff what, what, what's your been experience with it and then you know what's why are people stuck sounds great so anxiety is not an emotion like any other emotion uh, I think we often couple it with negative emotions like sadness fear hurt and guilt the thing is anxiety is not like any of those you can experience emotions both positive and negative from the past you and I sitting here right now could reactivate in our neurology an emotion from the past, from an event that's complete. If you think about your wedding, for example, or you think about the day you got your driver's license, or maybe the day you're, you met your spouse, or the day you went on your first date, you can activate. If you think about those events long enough, you could activate all those emotions. Oh yeah, I remember that. You could get maybe like the little tickles in your, in your tummy or that little butterflies in your heart. Like you can activate in your neurology right now. You could go into that state as if you were in the past. Now, of course, we can also do that with negative emotions. Something that's not complete, like if you're grieving the loss of someone, you could reactivate those emotions in your body by thinking about those negative events as well. But you cannot activate anxiety from the past. Once an event is complete, you cannot feel anxiety about an event that has already happened. So you could remember if you thought about your driver's test, for example, you could remember you had anxiety during it, or maybe the final exams of college. Um, you could remember that you had anxiety. You could even maybe activate some, some worry or fear thinking about it, but you can't actually get into a state of anxiety because it has already happened. It's complete. Uh, and that is because anxiety is not a, a negative emotion. It's a sensation in the body of a series of, of um, it's how the body is expressing that we're in stress mode. Uh, and so we have uh, given it a label called anxiety. Uh, but what it is, is it's the body shifting from the parasympathetic nervous system response of rest and digest to the sympathetic nervous system response of fight or flight. This is part of the autonomic nervous system. And it's the, this system of the body is what keeps us alive. It's what helps us to run away from the bear, but it's also the part of the body that, that knows when to take energy and divert it towards healing. The problem with being in fight or flight mode too long 
is that we lose the ability during the time we're in fight or flight mode, we lose the ability to heal. The body is not, no longer in a state where it's putting resources towards like enzymatic processes and resources towards creating new healthy cells and healing. It is diverting all energy towards immediate survival at the cost of long-term health. So that's why a lot of people discover they need to reduce stress when their doctor tells them they have an ulcer. Well, that ulcer has been developing for a really long time because they've been in a constant state of stress, not knowing it. And so anxiety helps us to know that we're in a state of stress and it's long-term. It's not just um, like, oh, I just ran, I just got cut off or I just ran through a red light. I had a little like two minute spike of stress and now I'm back down. Anxiety is when we have it for a longer period of time. You put your hand up. Did you want to say something? Well, yeah, I think this is like such an important point for, for those listening. It's like, it is so impactful what you just said. Like when you're experiencing anxiety, this is my takeaway because I like to simplify things. When you're experiencing anxiety, this is like a check, what I call a check body light. Like when the car's yes. not running, the car's not yes. running well, it's like a check engine light. Like, yes. like if a guy has impotence and he can't get an erection, that's a check body light. Most likely that his arteries are clogged with animal fat, right? So it's a good thing because now he knows and he can make those changes so that now he can have an erection and have babies and, you know, have children, but right. so he doesn't have a heart attack, right? right? So, you know, if you're overweight, that's a check body light. If you're, you know, these are things that people see. If you have, like, I had eczema on your elbows, check body light, but we don't right. think about these things. We just keep going through life. Anxiety is the exact same thing. It's like having eczema on your elbow. When you have anxiety, this is a check body light saying that you have had long-term stress. You're blowing out your adrenals. Your cortisol levels are too high. And you are literally killing yourself. I mean, that's what's, that's what's happening, right? So mm -hmm. that stress has to be taken care of. So anxiety is your body saying, hey, we need to make some changes over here because if we don't, then you go ahead and tell them what's, what's, what happens if they don't make those changes. Absolutely. So let me paint the picture of what it looks like when, the, when we go into stress mode. The body um, from... <clears throat> from the parasympathetic nervous system response of, of rest and digest, which is what we want to be in as much as possible. Switching over, the body switches over. So it's, it's, it's black or white. It's just like a, it's a light switch. So you're either one or the other. The body switches over to the fight or flight mode. What happens almost instantaneously is the body shunts blood away from the logic centers of your brain. So you actually lose the ability to do critical thinking. And this is what happened to your client. There's nothing wrong with him mentally his body was in fight or flight mode. And so his body, we don't want to think critically when we have to just run away from the bear because we might overthink. And so this is part of survival. You just are supposed to react. You're mm -hmm. just supposed to run. And that's exactly what he did. He ran out of that meeting. He was doing what his body told him to do. So he was in a state of fight or flight and he ran. Luckily, he didn't fight. <laughs> he might have mm. lost his job. So, but we've seen this in people. We're like, where'd that, where'd that come from? So we lose the ability to crit critically think. We lose the ability to, to three-dimensionally think and solve problems. It's not great if you run your own business and you're in stress mode because you cannot think critically. You cannot see the world three-dimensionally. You're just more like um, tunnel vision at that point. And that is very hard uh, to be able to get, get yourself out of uh, problems when you're in that, in that place. Some people think they have to be, some people think they need 
stress to motivate them. So they procrastinate and then they use that like last minute stress to get going. And the problem is they might get a little bit of energy from it and they're probably like, like physical energy, like it wakes them up while well, that adrenaline wakes them up. They're, they're probably nutrient deficient. And so they're, they're leaning on needing coffee or other stimulants to ramp them up so that they have that um, they think they're getting mental clarity from it. And people do feel like they have a little bit of mental clarity from adrenaline, but the problem is you're losing so much of your critical thinking that you're not going to make great decisions. So the body also shunts blood away from the core, away from uh, your organs and your digestion, and just to a minimal. Uh, it turns off digestion. This is often why people will get nauseous or they'll feel like their, their food is like a sitting like a rock in their stomach. Um, maybe they've, let's say they ate and then they fought with their spouse and now they just feel like it's just sitting there like a rock in their stomach because their body it went into stress mode. So it shunts blood away from the core to the limbs so we can fight or flee. And it's all about immediate survival. Um, of course, it spikes adrenaline, which then spikes blood sugar. Uh, the body uh, tries to orchestrate high blood sugar whenever we have stress. So there's a direct correlation between um, long-term stress and blood sugar imbalance. Uh, the reason being is that the body's trying to uh, force more blood sugar into the muscles so that we can fight or flee and we have more uh, fuel to fight or flee. Um, but if you're not exerting yourself physically, you're just, you're sitting at, in your home in somewhere safe and all of a sudden you're, you have anxiety uh, because, and I'll, I'll explain why in a sec, but you're, you're, you're sitting at home, you're not exerting yourself physically, and you're in a state of stress long-term, you do this every day, or you're sitting in your office, you're sitting in your car, and you're in a state of stress, you're, you're going to have the damages from higher blood sugar levels over, over a period of time, because you're not exerting yourself physically, even though your body has given all of your muscles, bathing your cells in higher blood, in higher glucose, but you're not utilizing it. So, um, so this is the picture that I'm painting is that in the long term, this is doing damage to us. Well, why is the body doing something that does damage to us? Back in the day, a thousand years ago, 10,000 years ago, however long we've been here, you know, a hundred thousand years ago, back in the day when we all lived in the woods, uh, it was, it was a much simpler life, although we, you know, died more of infections and um, it was just much simpler in that the threats were, there's a bear, avoid the bear right? And then the threat's over. Now, threats are constantly around us. Um, social media, you know, your phone blows up, Twitter, Facebook, whatever you're looking at. You mm -hmm. listen to the radio, you listen to the TV. You just drive down the street, you see someone wearing a mask, boom, your, your physical body's triggered and you don't even know what happened. Uh, I give a, a great example of, let's say we all live in LA, beautiful sunny day, pretend mm -hmm. COVID doesn't exist and we're all driving to work. And uh, and it's a, you know, just great. It's everything smooth sailing. You know, we're on one of those highways that have like 10 lanes, right? Everything's smooth sailing. And we're driving from one side of LA to the other. And all of a sudden you see brake lights and you panic. You have, all of a sudden you have anxiety. Where did that anxiety come from? It was a beautiful sunny day. We were just driving down the road. Why is the, why are these brake lights giving us anxiety? Well, what happened in a split second in your mind, because just seeing a few brake lights isn't a threat, right? It's not, it's just like, yo, we see brake lights all the time. Why, why is this a threat? Why is my body acting like it's a threat? In your brain, you said to yourself, 
oh my gosh, there's going to be a traffic jam. If there's a traffic jam, I'm going to be stuck on the highway. If I'm stuck on the highway, I'm going to be late for work. If I'm late for work, my boss is going to fire me. If he fires me, I'm not going to be able to make the mortgage payment. We're going to be homeless. We're going to be dead. Mm-hmm. And the brain does that in a split second. The brain goes to like the, the most pessimistic route. And we do this a thousand times a day. You see a mask on someone. Oh my gosh, I'm going to get COVID. We're all going to die. You, you know, so people are, are having anxiety just going to the grocery store, right? Dousing themselves in hand sanitizer, oh, wearing five yeah, masks, right? Well, what if I, what if I get it? What if my mom gets it? What if my son gets it? We're, we're all going to die. And that they don't even know they're doing it consciously. It's just the brain is going towards these worst case scenarios. And this is the wiring that has us have, um, have anxiety is we're thinking about what we don't want to have happen. Now, why is just thinking about what we don't want to have happen create an actual physical response? Because, you know, this is something I, I struggled with when I first learned this. You know, it's not real. It's not real. Like the, the, the threat of being fired by my job is not real just because I saw some brake lights. So why is my body acting like it's real? Well, the body is always listening to our thoughts as if they're tangible events that are currently happening. You and I, and this is why you you're know, talking about the subconscious mind. No, um, I'm talking about the body listening to our actual conscious thoughts. Okay. The body's listening to our conscious thoughts. Um, the the subconscious, and that's a whole. We could have a whole podcast just on the subconscious. So your conscious mind is imagining worst case scenarios consciously, and but you're doing it in like a split second. And you don't even know it's part of your thought process because we, you know, we have so many images going through our mind. But if you and I, and this is why you know, horror movies work really well, if you and I sit down together in a very safe, like, like you're at, at your house or my house, very safe, you know, we're living in a safe neighborhood and we put on a really bad zombie movie. My husband hates zombie movies. Um, he was sitting on the couch reading a book and I was watching a zombie movie one day. And all of a sudden this zombie goes, ah, you know, jumps out of nowhere. And my husband, who's six foot seven, levitated off the couch. He just jumped off the couch. He was so, because it came out and all of a sudden there's a zombie in his face. I think he looked up from his book when a zombie jumped out. So we know it's not real, right? We know the zombies aren't real. We know we're safe, right? You and I could be sitting and all the listeners could be sitting watching a zombie movie and we could hook ourselves up to really neat machines that monitor our blood pressure and our heart rate and our respiratory rate um, and even our stress levels like our cortisol. We could hook ourselves up to these machines and watch a zombie movie. We know it's a dumb movie. We know we're safe. Why is it though that within minutes of watching this movie, our respiratory rate has changed? Our pulse has changed. Our blood pressure has changed. Why is it that we can detect that we're all now in fight or flight mode over something that is a stupid horror movie that we know is not real and we know we're safe? It's because the body is always eavesdropping. It's always listening to our thoughts as if they are real. And it's always observing the world through our mind as if everything that's happening is real. So our body cannot tell the difference between what's imagined and what's real. So when you imagine things, even for a split second, and even the language you use, I don't want to get COVID. Well, saying you don't want something, your, your body doesn't hear that. Your body just hears the subject or the object of the sentence. So if I said to you, don't think of a red car, don't think of a red sweater, don't think of a green lawn, don't think of a blue ocean, you're imagining those images. 
I told you not to think about them, but those images popped into your mind, even for a second. And that's because the language we often use is in the negative. Oh, I don't want this. Well, I don't want to get that. I don't want to get this. The object or the subject of the sentence was the focus and the body heard that and it observed it and it thinks it's actually happening to us right now. So the body reacts as if something you're thinking or saying is actually a threat that we're under right now and it goes into stress mode. So no wonder so many people have anxiety and no wonder so many people have panic attacks and no wonder we're constantly in a state of stress and exhibiting health issues from long-term stress because we are, our body is constantly in a state of fight or flight because of the external, but also mostly because of the internal stimulants of our thoughts. Yeah, this is, this is, this is such an important podcast today because it's like, it's, it's again, it's like another noceum, right? It's like when we talk about things over here, like levels of pollution and, you know, pesticides and all these things that were affecting you, you can't see them, but they were affecting you. It's just right. because you couldn't see them didn't mean they weren't there. It's just like this, this, this stress thing is such an important topic. In fact, there's like lots of studies saying like 90% of all health issues are stress related. Well, right. they, they are, <laughs> they are. And they're long-term buildups and you're like, Oh, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. And people like all of a sudden the wheel falls off and boom, they got cancer or they, yeah. they have, they start getting migraines or they start having, you know, colitis or Crohn's or diverticulitis, all these gut issues that people or their guts get jacked up today. And a lot of these, are definitely stress related. And I know for a fact, because, you know, we do a really good job on the mechanical end of things over here. Like we have, uh, you know, tips and tactics to, you know, like colon hydrotherapy or enemas and wheatgrass implants, crazy things that we teach our clients. Then we have our gut detox products and, you know, these types of things to clean out the gut and, and we help to rebuild with probiotics and all these things. These are mechanical things to help on a physical level. And then you can also do chiropractic care too, if they have a subluxation or a misalignment and they have reduced function from the nervous system to that organ, the gut, let's say, it's not going to work as well. Mm -hmm. But what the reality is, is that if you're stressed out, it's not going to work as well either. And I've seen this and, and because we have done, I have multiple clients that had severe health issues and we started working on their gut, gut issues too. And we did everything. Okay. They, they, they take the products. They, we change the diet. They're doing proper food combining. They're drinking the purified water. We're doing all these things and they're, they're better, but there's just still not there. And guess what? Every single time that after, you know, three to six months of really working with these people and helping them and they just couldn't get over the hump, it was stress. They were either taking care of a high needs child, like an autistic child, um, or the relationship was strained and you find out that husband and wife are sleeping in separate beds. Maybe the husband's an alcoholic. Um, maybe the, the wife uh, was working at a job and she um, was kind of shamed at the job a little bit. Like uh, I had this one thing, this, this one guy was a personal trainer and she, the, the, the boss said, you can't be in the company photo because you're, you're too, you're, you weigh too much. You know, what's that, what's that going to make her feel like? And he's like, you need to call Tim and, and, and get your weight in check if you're going to, you know, be here, wow. you know, and stuff like that. Or maybe you're taking care of these people that are taking care of a, 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 our mom and dad aging, you know, with Alzheimer's or dementia or, you know, the, there's, these are the stressors that are stopping them from healing. This is, this is a massive thing. And for those of you listening, you have to understand that what we're talking about today is something that you have to, you really need to take serious. And you have to, we, we want to shine the light on this today and open your minds. And we've, we've talked about this today in detail with the problems and stuff with associated with, with stress. And when we're going to take another quick break and when we come back, um, Ashley's going to walk you through 
how to kick anxiety's butt in a simple, simple process. So we'll be back real soon. Okay, Health Heroes, Tim James here. We're back with Ashley James, and we've been chatting about everything about anxiety. Ashley, um, you've really brought some insight into anxiety, and now, now it's time to you know put the rubber to the pavement <laughs> and give these folks listening the tips. So, guys, get out your notepads. Now, if you're driving, you know you just listen up. But um, you know when you can come back to this and, and listen to this podcast and get out your notebook because this is this this is going to change your life. Okay, and uh, this is a definitely a what we call we like to teach people to stack the cards of health in their favor and get that deck so full of positive things that actually work that eventually they tip the scales and boost the immune system. Cause that's what we're all about over here. We want to help people boost their immune system. We want to help get rid of your gut issues and get that flat belly and everything all feeling good about yourself and feeling young. And if you want to feel young, then this is definitely something that's important. So take it away and show us how we can kick anxiety's butt. Awesome. Yes. And so I have a whole, I have a whole program where I teach you a ton of techniques. This is the first one. And so if you see benefit to this one, you should take the program uh, because you, you just, like you said, you stack those cards and you get so much more out of it by doing the whole program. Uh, so the best way for me to teach it is to have you go through it. So Tim, is there something that you have in the future that uh, you have anxiety around? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay great. Um, it's a specific event. You have to tell us what it is. It's a specific event. That's well, I can tell you, I mean, it's like, um, we've had so much growth over here. I mean, but I've tried not to get anxiety about it. I actually, oh, I mean, oh, that's good. That's good. The trying not to, how's that? Working? <laughs> well, how's trying not to have anxiety work because we've all tried not to have anxiety. <laughs> you're like, you're like, just push it down. Stop feeling it. Well, right? what I've, what I've done is like, I've made some about three years ago, I had some major breakthroughs. So I started looking at life differently and I've changed. I've been able to rebuild some relationships that I didn't even want to rebuild, but I've been able to, for, for, for family reasons and just lots of good nice. things happening. And like, I've realized that there's no, there's nothing to get stressed about. So I'm a pretty much stressless guy now, Yeah. but still like with, with my business, it's, you know, I know a lot of businesses are suffering out there, but our business absolutely exploded because of people wanting to build immunity and with COVID and all this stuff on top of it. And, yeah. and then with us at the same time, doing lots of podcasts and getting in front of a lot of people, all of a sudden, the, I didn't realize how much our message was resonating with people. So we brought on a lot of new clients faster than I could have imagined. So my stress right now has been just like, I don't, I want to make sure that everybody's taken care of. Yes. And the customer yeah. service is spectacular because it's, we're a small family company. I've been able, myself and my son and a few other people, we've been handling everybody. Now there's more people that we can handle. And my stress is around that and then having enough cash money to order enough products so we don't run out of stock because we keep right. running out of stock. Yeah. So those are Great. my big stressors right now. Those are your stressors. Great. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I like that you said just trying to not have it. So a lot of times people will try to think their way out of anxiety like I shouldn't be feeling this way you know the golden handcuffs right like I mm -hmm. shouldn't be feeling this way or I uh, and and the best thing to do is to face it head-on get actually excited when you have anxiety this is something I teach in my course is get excited when you have anxiety it's an opportunity it's shining a light on something mm -hmm. when we try not to have it we're trying to suppress it like you suppress a symptom with Advil instead of address it and figure out what the root cause is. Mm -hmm. So um, 
instead of trying not to have anxiety, and I, I'm just, I'm gonna, using your words because um, I think other people try not to have other emotions too. Like I'm, because they'll say I shouldn't have that or I, I don't have time for that. When we when we suppress an emotion, um, we we end up it, it, it something happens on a deeper level on, on, in a negative way. Like the stress is gonna pop up in different air in different ways. For some people it's digestive problems for others it's energy problems or mental clarity problems when you have anxiety get excited because it's your body giving you something giving you shining a light on something in the dark going hey there's something to look at here there's something to resolve and work on um it is a message like you said it's an internal um dashboard red light on your car's dashboard and your body's dashboard saying something is off let's correct it uh so for you you have the worry that your your company is growing so fast it can't uh, maintain product uh, and can't maintain inventory and also that you are worried that you can't serve everyone the way you want to make sure the the quality that every customer uh, every client deserves um for teaching this uh teaching this technique i like people to choose something not the not the biggest thing they have anxiety around just choose something small like like going to the grocery store tomorrow. I'm going to the grocery store tomorrow and I have a three out of 10 anxiety around it. You know, choose something manageable, like small, so I can just teach you the technique. Um, but for you, Tim, let's use these. Let's use these. So usually to teach it, I like to choose something that has an event, like on the 23rd of August. Let's do this. Or- let's do this. Cause like I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much anti-mask wearing. So even though I have to go to the grocery store, I got to get stuff. Right. And I don't want to wear my mask. So there's a little bit of, there's a little bit of anxiety there because, you know. When you think about going to the grocery store and not wearing your mask on a scale of one to 10, how much anxiety do you have in your body right now? Mm, Maybe like a two. Okay, great. And when you think about being unable to, or the concern of being able to support all of your clients because of the overwhelm in, in demand on a scale of one to 10, how much anxiety do you have in your body right now? About a three. And when you think about the potential of running out of product uh, because that's happening or potential of it's happening, how much anxiety do you have in your body right now when you think about that? Uh, that would be a four. Okay, great. So we've got, we're, we've got some stuff to work on. So okay. for everyone listening, I want you to choose an event and it could be a one out of 10. It could be a, it could be a 10 out of 10. I'd like you to choose something small though. If you can choose something like I've got to go to the dentist next month or you know, I've got to do my taxes, like something that when you think about a specific event, you're feeling anxiety in your body right now. That, and it could also be trepidation, worry. Sometimes people don't exactly know how to pinpoint anxiety as a sensation in their body. Um, oftentimes it's right around the solar plexus, this feeling of unease right around the solar plexus or a tightness in the chest. So for everyone who's obviously not driving, if you're driving, pull over or just, just listen, but don't, don't do the techniques. I want you to close your eyes. When you first start learning this technique, you're going to close your eyes and you get so good at it so fast that you don't need to close your eyes when you do this technique. So Tim and everyone listening, go ahead. And after you've identified the thing you're anxious about and on a scale of one to 10, how much anxiety do you have about it in your body right now that you're feeling right now? I'd like you to go ahead and close your eyes. And I want you to imagine that your life is like a line. Your past is in one direction, your future's in the, in the other. 
And it could be maybe that your past is behind you and your future is in front of you, or perhaps your past is to the left and your future is to the right. However you imagine this line, and this line could be straight or it could be curved, however you imagine this line, it's like a big highway, is perfectly fine. This is your unconscious mind's representation of your timeline. Go ahead and float above your timeline. And what I'd like you to do is you're actively imagining and you're floating above your timeline. I'd like you to go 15 minutes past the successful completion of the event for which you have anxiety around. So go 15 minutes past the successful completion. Looking down on your body, you're imagining yourself and seeing yourself 15 minutes after the successful completion of the event for which you have anxiety around. Now, Tim, on a scale of one to 10, where's your anxiety right now? Zero. So for those who have zero anxiety, after seeing themselves 15 minutes past the successful completion, I'd like you to come back to now and open your eyes. Now, Tim, you're going to keep your eyes closed because I want to do the other things. So there's about 10% of people that still have anxiety. This is good. We have two more things to do. For those who still have anxiety, you did not imagine the successful completion. And this is common for some people. They're so used to imagining the worst case scenarios. They just imagine the completion. And maybe it wasn't a good outcome. You actually are going to now actively imagine. You're making it up. This is totally made up. Just as if you imagine the worst case scenario, is it's as made up. That has not happened yet. So you could imagine the best case scenario or the, a very realistic best case scenario. So successful completion. So if you still have anxiety, imagine seeing 15 minutes after the successful completion of the event. Now, those who don't have anxiety, check in with your body. If your anxiety is gone, come back to now, open your eyes. There's another group of people that still have anxiety, and that's because there's another event deeper. So Tim has a few more things, so he's going to do this with us. So for those who still have anxiety, you're floating above the event. Check in with yourself. Maybe your anxiety went from a six to a three. You noticed it went down, but it's still there. Good. That means that there's a second layer to this. So I want you to go ahead, and while you're looking at 15 minutes past the successful completion of the first event, I want you to ask yourself, what am I anxious of now? And you'll find that there's another layer. And for Tim, he's going to go to his second and third events. He's going to imagine the successful completion of all of his clientele being managed. And he's going to imagine the successful completion of all the inventory being taken care of. 15 minutes after the successful completion. And for those listening who still have anxiety, you go 15 minutes after the successful completion of what you're anxious of now. And you then check in with yourself. Tim, on a scale of one to 10, where's your anxiety now about those events? Zero. Great, you can come back to now. If you still have anxiety, so after you've done this several times, you've gone to, out to several events and you still have anxiety, I'd like you to continue with your eyes closed. I'd like you to float out past the successful completion of your life. And what does that look like? You die at 120 years old. You've accomplished everything in your life. You became a philanthropist. You helped everyone. You're, you're surrounded by five generations of your family. Every, all of your friends, they're all there with you and you enter heaven or nirvana or whatever your belief system is. You die having accomplished everything. You're absolutely happy and everyone's happy for you. you. You literally see the best possible scenario for the end of your life at 120 or 150 or 200 years old, however, whatever you would deem as a success. This technique uh, turns off general, general anxiety for people who know, just have this low-grade general anxiety no matter what and they can't pinpoint it when they see the successful completion of their life. 
So what it's saying is there's absolutely no more threats, right? We've completed life in the most successful way. There's no more threats. And now we've entered, you know, heaven or nirvana. There's nothing more to worry about. There's nothing more. There's no, no more threats for the body to react to. Why this works so quickly is we're simply telling our body there are no threats. Now, it is as foolish to think that we could, unless you're, you know, unless you are psychic, it's, it's foolish for us to think that we could, um, that we could predict the future by imagining worst case scenarios. And, and to think that we could predict the future by imagining best case scenarios. This isn't the law of attraction and I'm not dissing that, but I'm also not saying this is not airy fairy, like, oh, I, but what if it doesn't work out? Like that's what people love to ask after they do this. I just helped you turn off your anxiety. And the next question is, but what if it doesn't happen that way? Yeah, life doesn't happen that way. That's okay. But life probably wasn't going to happen what, the way you were imagining it either. All these worst case scenarios, we could create them. If we focus enough on the, what we don't want to have happen, we can create that because we can mess ourselves up so bad that we could create that just like your friend or your client who couldn't complete his business meeting. He was in a state of stress so bad that he had to leave the meeting and he couldn't finish it. So we can, by staying in stress mode, we can actually do create self-fulfilling prophecies where we end up creating where we're getting fired or creating negative outcomes because we're so fixated on it. In racing, this is called target fixation and you can go to YouTube. This is a writer downer. You can go to YouTube and you can look up target fixation. And you see these great videos of racers who are going really fast and all of a sudden they, they don't make the curve and they drive into a pole or they drive into the crowd. And they're like, what are you doing? Like you're supposed to stay on the course. Well, have you ever noticed that when you ride a bicycle and then you're looking, you're looking somewhere else, all of a sudden you start turning that direction going on I, I'm, I'm holding the bars i'm going this way i just want to look that way or new new drivers will do that they'll look and all of a sudden they start changing lanes and they don't realize it we will move towards where our focus is so focus on what you want when you focus on what you don't want to have happen your body goes into stress mode now you can't think clearly and now you goof yourself up and you're more likely to create the events that will lead up to creating those scenarios you're thinking about those worst case scenarios or negative outcomes. But if you actively choose to imagine the, the successful completion, right? Successful completion doesn't mean the best case scenario because best case scenario is like we all win the lottery and we all live in Hawaii. Like, you know, I mean, that's kind of like this unrealistic thing, but imagine the most successful completion in, in the most realistic way possible. That actually could happen. That tells the body you're not under threat. Now you have the full faculty of your, your critical thinking now you're calm and centered, your body's in healing mode, and you have the, your whole faculty to be able to move towards and create and, and succeed at what you want. So the most important thing you can do is focus on what you want instead of what you don't want. So my whole course, this, this is just the first technique. And you do, this, you do this technique anytime you have anxiety, it helps to rewire the brain, but I also teach techniques that you do um, even when you're not in anxiety that rewire your brain faster so that you, and this is neuroplasticity, you can rewire the brain so that strategically the brain doesn't automatically go towards the worst case scenarios, but instead focuses on what you do want to achieve. Now people will say, but well, I have to think about these worst case scenarios in order to prepare for them. And I say that you are actually not preparing, you're lamenting. Uh, we live in the Pacific Northwest where the threat of a big earthquake 
is upon mm. us, right? It's been and, on since high school. <laughs> right, right. The big one, the whole Pacific Northwest is going to fall into the ocean, right? And they, they, you know, because they love to use fear, especially nowadays, think about COVID and all the fear that the media really loves to use that because it keeps you watching and it keeps their dollars coming in. Uh, yes. it, keeps, it keeps them controlling you. So fear is a great tool to control people. And lamenting about the earthquake that may or may not happen or might happen, might not even happen in our lifetime. Um, lamenting about it is keeping us in, in stress mode, right? So the best thing we can do is prepare. Absolutely. Prepare for, you should prepare for an earthquake. While you're preparing for an earthquake, I'd like you to imagine the successful completion. Anytime you're preparing for something negative, you should imagine the outcome you want and then work yourself backwards. Well, the outcome I want is my entire family is safe. So you're imagining yourself after an earthquake, your entire family is safe. Well, how, how would we keep ourselves safe? Then you work yourselves backwards and you make a, you make a plan. Okay. We're going to have our food and our water and our, you know, all the whole family plan, but you don't start by thinking, Oh my gosh, we're all going to be injured and dead in this earthquake. Right. That would create the, um, the stress response. So that's the lamenting part. We lament, and we mull over these worst case scenarios that will not, that will never prepare you. That activity will never prepare you for a successful outcome. Yeah. And it will lower your immune system. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Which make you is, sicker. This, this is the catch 22, right? The more you worry about COVID, the more you're likely to get it. Right. Totally. So this is the self or something strategy. else. Focus on what you want instead of what you don't want. Focus on what you want and focus on the outcome you want that'll help you prepare for what you what you want to achieve instead of what you don't want to achieve the more you focus on what you don't want to achieve the more you're actually preparing to achieve that so yeah and that's that's the the key to turning off anxiety and then i teach all these other techniques for for uh, rewiring the brain for success we didn't even get into depression there's so much around uh food and nutrition um that i'm sure you talk about in terms of mm -hmm. depression uh, but there's definitely a link between this and depression uh, because you focus on what you don't want enough, it becomes fatalistic. Yeah. You know, it becomes, there, there, there ceases to be a reason for living. There ceases to be anything to wake up to, anything to wake up for. And so yeah. when people start doing this and start imagining the successful completion, imagining what they're actually grateful for every day, make a list of what you're grateful for, focus on that focus on, and I interviewed this. The gratitude guy. practice is so important. Right. I'm inter I interviewed several times this amazing guy, uh, Michael Weinberger, who he has very bad bipolar. He's been, he's been, um, uh, tried to commit suicide a few times before he got himself back to a place where he's, he's now giving back and helping. And he created a free app, um, where it, you go into the app and it asks you like, how are you doing on a scale of one to 10? You know, where, where are you emotionally? Right. It's, it's meant for people who have depression and who are bipolar, but, but anyone can benefit from it. And so let's say you say like, I'm a three out of 10. And then it asks you to list three things you're grateful for. And then afterwards it asks you again, how are you? And you always see, you always see after, after listing three things you're grateful for. Now you're a five out of 10. And then he has, he tells this great story about how anytime he was depressed, no matter what his mom made him get out of bed and take a shower. If you can just force yourself into that shower, you start, start to feel better, start to get your day going. Um, focus on what you're grateful for. Focus on what you want to have happen instead of what you don't want to have happen. And of course, diet and nutrition play a huge role in supporting the body's ability to heal itself on a mental and emotional level, as well as a physical level. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm really super excited about this uh, successful completion technique. 
um, seeing yourself 15 minutes out. I mean, the whole thing with the parasympathetic versus the sympathetic nervous system, the body doesn't know the difference. If he thinks you're stressed out, then you're stressed out. And I say this all the time. That's why when we talked about our core four secrets, that's why we have people do a little bit of breath exercises prior to eating to calm down the nervous system, bring the blood back into the organ system so they can actually digest their food properly and have good assimilation of nutrition. It's so important. So they could actually do that. And on top of it, while they're doing their breath work, they could do the sex successful uh, completion of life technique. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just put it together, right? Put those two things together. And that would be really powerful and get them even quicker out of that, you know, out of that anxiety mode. So, well, wow. Thanks for coming on today um, and sharing. Well, I'll definitely have to have you back on again. We can go deep into a lot of stuff. Um, um, I, I, I'm, like I said, I'm so grateful that you came on today and shared this because I know there's a lot of people out there suffering with anxiety and they don't have to guys. This is a, yeah. this is a very important tool that she just gave you. Like if you, I always say, it's like, if you want to dig a hole, you need a shovel. You want to cut, <laughs> cut, a, cut down a tree, you know, then you need a saw and it's going to be harder to cut down that tree with your hands. Right. So don't go about this. These don't try to get rid of your anxiety. This is an actual technique that you can use over and over and over again. And it just it really boils down to you loving self to, to do it. I mean, cause it doesn't get any easier than this. I mean, this is free information, right? And just because you didn't pay for it doesn't mean it's not valuable. It's only going to be valuable if you use it. And it's really weird. You know how, like even myself, like if I spend like 5,000 bucks on something, I'm going to use it. Right. <laughs> hey, you know what? Everyone could send me five thousand dollars. Yeah. Support, support at learnyourhealth.com. Everyone could PayPal me five thousand dollars to take this technique more seriously if they'd like to. Okay. All yeah. right. I'm yeah. sure they'll they'll take you up on that. <laughs> well, if I'll, they just, I'll, I'll share it with you. <laughs> they can just go to your um your website. So how do they get in touch with you? Absolutely. So you can go to learntruehealth.com, and so I have this holistic health podcast. Uh, when you go to the menu and learntruehealth.com, just click there, you'll see anxiety and you click that. And it actually takes you to a really neat sales page where there's a, a few minute video. You've got to watch the video. So I decided when it took me 14 months to put this whole course together. Um, it's basically what I would do with a client uh, over the course of over well over a month. Um, all the techniques, it would be actually, no, because it's a month long course. I think it would take about three months. I made this course about three years ago and it's everything that i've been doing with clients since 2005 so i wanted to make it incredibly affordable for people mm -hmm. to do um but what i uh what i decided to do was meet complete strangers and have my husband just film me on it on his iphone meet complete strangers and show how quickly i can turn off their anxiety and so i put in facebook in my local facebook group uh, who has anxiety wants to get rid of it? Are you willing to get filmed? And I met them in, in different parks in my area. Mm -hmm. And I had some amazing experiences and you'll see one of them crying at the end. And um, so I met five people and, um, and I show, I show you how quickly they go from being in a state of high anxiety that's troubled them. It's troubled them so much. They're willing to meet a stranger at a park and have them be filmed learning a technique. This is how much anxiety has troubled them. Did you just randomly meet these people in the park? Total random. I did not know. Anything. See, this is the, this is the, this is like, that's scary. Just thinking about that. How, <laughs> how easy it was just to go to a park and find five people that had severe anxiety. 
Oh yeah. Well, no. So I went, I went on a face, my local Facebook group and I said, you know, meet me at a park. Oh, okay. And I was like, geez. No, 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 I didn't not. meet <laughs> I said in the Facebook group, meet, okay. meet me at a park. If you have anxiety and you want to get rid of it, and you don't mind me filming you. Mm. And, um, and a ton of people volunteered and then I got with five of them. Um, just cause us schedules didn't line up for everyone. Some mm -hmm. people, there's one person who was like, I moved to Texas, but I still want to learn this. Like it was neat. The people that were popping out of the woodwork, yeah. um, in our local Facebook group. Uh, but this is just how much it's needed. So, um, like I said, I've had clients after learning these techniques, get off of all their medication and I'm mean, like anxiety medications because they no longer needed it. Yeah. It, we're doing children a really big disservice by putting them on anti-anxiety meds. Um, instead of teaching them how to gain, how to gain control of their mind and teaching them these tools. And yeah. so um, children actually get this faster than adults do. So please teach this to kids, allow them to listen to it. Um, it's, it's, it's amazingly powerful, the mind-body connection. And, and we want to learn more about it so that we can gain better health emotionally and physically at the same time. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Kids are so important too. And they're just experiencing as much, if not more stress than we are today. Yeah. So, um, oh, we got some, a news update. You just received your can of green 85. Yeah. You, I just you, 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 you drank it while we were talking. How are you feeling? I feel great. It's like I'm buzzing. <laughs> cool. Cool. Yeah, There's, delicious. you were talking about frequency. Actually, when what we do in these greens is we actually, um, extract the juices and and sun dry them or air dry them under 110 degrees to keep the enzymes or the life force, the, you know, the vibrational frequency active. That's why we tell people don't blend it, blend your smoothies or whatever, and then add it in later and just stir it in. Cause we don't want to kill the life force or cause it'll charge, it charge your hurts. And we've had people like at booths come up to us that are like Reiki masters and very intuitive people types. And they take one sip of the greens and they're like, what is this? And they're like, <laughs> I'll take six, you know, because they, they actually instantly feel the frequency and stuff. So that's really cool that you're on. I hope you enjoy the greens and the vitality it brings you. And, um, okay guys, well, that's it. Um, I also wanted to say thank you for, um, uh, we had some new folks uh, in Ecuador listening, the Netherlands, um, Latvia, um, again, those folks in Australia, UK, Al Algeria was a new one. Saudi wow. Arabia. We got quite a few people. I think we had like 67 people in Saudi Arabia now listening to the podcast. So, um, Canada, of course, we got to thank the Canadians. Um, you know, I knew you were Canadian. He's like, yeah, it's about, <laughs> I heard that. It's like, oh, she's from Canada. House, House about mouse. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. It's a lot of fun. I got some good buddies up there and, um, out, out of the Tron, you know, where Barry is, you know, where. Yeah, Barry absolutely. Yeah. So I, I did a lot of my living early years in Muskoka. So I drive from Toronto back up and down to Muskoka drive through Barry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I got a buddy. I actually met at Hippocrates health Institute there, Adam. Adam, shout out for you, buddy. It's yeah, a he's beautiful area. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Adam from Barry. Yeah. Right. Yep. <laughs> yep. Adam. Yep. Adam from Barry. So again, thank you guys so much for listening, and please subscribe to the show. Um, we really want you to pay things forward. Use the ripple effect. Um, I try to bring people on that are very impactful, like Ashley James here today, um, and, um, and you know, and just give us a like, give us some ratings, do all that stuff, and again, share it. And again, check Ashley out at um, learntruehealth.com and she's got the Learn True Health podcast. She's got that uh, free yourself from anxiety link at her website. So again, Ashley, thanks for coming on. Thank you guys for listening. And until next time, change yourself, change your world, and I will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening again to the Health Hero Show. I'm your host, Tim James. And remember, change yourself, change your world. And we'll see you again on the next episode. Talk to you soon.
You have just listened to The Health Hero Show with Tim James. Ha, ha, ha.